Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for our message comes from Mark 3, verse 35. Jesus said, Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Please pray with me. Lord God, in a world where so many things call out for our identity to tell us who we are and who we should be, we pray that today we would hear clearly who we belong to and what our purpose is in this world. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How many of you have a family? Okay. Oh, I got Lutherans to raise their hands. It's always a good beginning. All right. You probably would say yes. And what do you think of, though, when you hear the word family? Is it a positive thing or is it a negative thing? Does it bring positive memories or does it bring uh, memories of maybe pain or relationships or marital problems, divorce? You never really know, because in today, there's just so much conflict in families, isn't there? As much as we try to pretend like it's the hallmark greeting card family, we know that's not really true, don't we? And so, an interesting thing that's happening in our culture is that people are actually starting to redefine what family means. So it's no longer really your blood relatives necessarily, but people will say, well, those people that I know the best, those people that care about me, those people that I can count on, those people that are going to be with me in the good times and the bad times, through thick and thin, these people are my family. Maybe you've heard, oh, you're the grandmother I never had, or, oh, I've adopted you as my fifth child. You know, because you're at our house all the time, and you're just such a good friend of our family. So people are starting to redefine what it means to have family. And this is what Jesus was doing, too. He was redefining in his culture what family means. In the ancient times, it would have been very clear that your family was simply the people that you're related to, right? It's your immediate family. So for Jesus to say, this is my family, whoever does the will of God, this is very shocking to hear. I can tell you if my mom sent for me and I told her, who is my mother? Uh, It wouldn't go over pretty well. It wouldn't go over well at all. Don't try it. I don't suggest it. But Jesus is able to say it. He's able to get away with it. Why? Because he's not just some ordinary human. He's also fully God, son of God. But the text actually says that Jesus' family says he's out of his mind. And the Pharisees and the religious teachers accuse Jesus of being possessed by Satan. 
So you've got to ask yourself, what's going on here that would compel someone to actually call Jesus crazy or possessed? I mean, he's the son of God. He hasn't done anything wrong. But as we start to look a little bit deeper into our text, we kind of understand what's going on here. The first question we need to answer isn't really who's our brothers and our sisters. The first question we need to answer is who is our father? Who is your father? Is he loving? Is he heavenly father? Does he know what's best always? Does he always do things that make sense to you? Is he trustworthy all the time? Or, like me, do you have doubts sometimes about who your father is? What kind of heavenly father he is? That's what happened with Adam and Eve when they were in the garden. They had the wonderful, perfectly loving Heavenly Father. And what did they do? I don't know. Might be someone better out there. I think we can do a better job. I don't know. This talking snake seems to know what's, what's good. It sounds like a good idea, you know. We walk with the creator of the universe in the Garden of Eden, but I don't know. This talking serpent, you know, let's listen to him right? It sounds ridiculous. And yet, that's what happened. They began to doubt if maybe God was holding something back from them. Maybe there's something better that they hadn't been told about. Oh, this fruit, maybe this is really where life is at. Yeah, be our own God. Be in charge. It's easy to doubt sometimes. It's easy to deny at times, like the religious teachers, isn't it? When they called Jesus possessed. Why were they so angry at him? All the religious teachers thought they had it all figured out. They had their 613 oral laws that you could keep and all the things that you could and couldn't do on the Sabbath day. And earlier in our chapter, Jesus goes and heals a man who's with a withered hand on the Sabbath. It makes them mad. And Jesus would challenge their supposed self-confidence in their relationship with God and how their holiness of their life was so much better than others. He would say things like, yeah, I see your tithe 10% and I see you come to synagogue and church and I see you even read the scriptures. But do you know me? Do you love me? Do you love others? See, they had everything on the outside, right? They had all the appearance of what makes a good person. And yet, they missed the relationship with Jesus. They missed the Heavenly Father who was standing right before them. Sometimes we even 
want to deny our Father because he challenges our traditional ways of thinking and believing. And it's so easy to just go back to, oh, but, but I got so much money and I'm so healthy and I'm feeling good and people like me and look at all the things I've done in my life. I must be a pretty good person. Jesus comes and reveals the sin that's there so that he can get us to know the joy of forgiveness, and the joy of what it means to have confidence in him. Sometimes we want to deny him because he's challenging our self-confidence. He's challenging our way of life, what we believed about God, that we thought we knew it all. So it's easy to just say he's kind of out of his mind. But his parents, Jesus' parents, are even more interesting because they had angels come to them, didn't they? They had Joseph, who was heard that, oh, you're going to give birth to a son and he's going to be his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And the angel told Mary he was going to be the son of God and he's the son of the Most High and his kingdom would reign forever and ever. And here they are trying to rule their son. The text doesn't really say why. Maybe it was because They thought he should be a different kind of leader. He was spending too much time healing the sick and being with the poor and the oppressed. Maybe he wasn't acting like they thought he should act, making himself this self-appointed prophet and going around drawing large crowds of people. Who does he think he is anyway? They knew, didn't they? But it's easy to try to attempt to dominate our Heavenly Father, our Lord, and to see Him for who He really is. And you might not obviously say, oh, God's out of His mind, or Jesus is possessed, He's crazy. But it's more subtle, isn't it? We just kind of build resentment or build bitterness over what's happened in our lives. Oh, I wasn't supposed to go this way. You weren't supposed to do that, Jesus. Right? You weren't supposed to make me lose my job. You weren't supposed to give my friend cancer. You weren't supposed to have so many people be mean to me. Why do I go through this? You must not be doing it right. No, this is the way my life is supposed to go. We don't say he's crazy, but we can stop listening to him. We can stop reading the scriptures. We can stop coming to church. We can stop praying. And what are we really doing? It's time for me to take over. The encouragement from our text is that we know our Heavenly Father. Giving you eyes to see and ears to hear who he is. He's not this God who demands this perfect standard of 
righteousness from you. He doesn't demand that you have all these things before you can know him. He doesn't demand that you meet whatever standard you think you need to meet. He's a God who welcomes sinners, gives them forgiveness. God who loves and is good all the time. Why do we know that? This is the way we know it. Because even the moment when Adam and Eve fell into sin, right there he promises, doesn't he, that he's going to send a Messiah, a Savior, to come and fix everything that went wrong, to destroy the work of Satan, to destroy the strong man. That's what Jesus does. He comes and takes all of our rebellion, all of our denials, all of our doubts, all of our attempts to dominate our lives, and he takes it to the cross. You can think about, well, as a parent, you know, you can justly discipline your child if they do something wrong. Sure, God certainly could have done that to us. But instead he says, okay, I'll do it. I'll take the punishment. I'll go in your place. Because I can't bear life without you. I can't bear you not being my child. That's what he does. He didn't simply go to the cross so that we would have forgiveness. That's a point He goes to the cross because he wanted you back. He wanted you and his family once again. And that joyful relationship where you could walk with him and know the joy that you're loved forever and ever and safe and have identity and purpose. And when we remember that dad is our heavenly father, who would send his son to do all those things, then we can easily answer the next question. Who is our brothers and sisters? Well, we all have the same father, don't we? We all got into this family the same way, didn't we? As much as we try to think, ah, oh, not like those other people. <laughs> If we all have the same father, we're all in the same family. And you can say, well, we're like the Johnsons. You know, we always like to have our garage sales. We're really good at that. Or you can say, oh, we're the Smith family. You know, we like to eat a lot. We like to cook. We were really good at preparing meals. Or the Stolmans, you know, we're really hard workers. And in God's family, what defines us? That we do his will. It's not that we've earned it. It's just that this is who we are. This is what we do as God's family. We seek his will and know his will. As the son doesn't say, okay, dad, let me tell you how to run the family. And uh, these are all things you're doing wrong. (laughs) Right? No. No. Say, I'm so blessed to be in this family. 
or I have loving parents. And I get the joy of knowing that. So I want to listen because you know more than I do and probably have some good things to say. And yes, our parents make mistakes, don't they? But does God? No. We don't have any reason to say, well, God, you're being, you woke up on the wrong side of bed this morning. You must not be in a good mood today. He's steadfast. He doesn't change. So we know we can always come to him and hear the truth all the time. He's going to speak it out of love all the time. And we have that joy of being his child, baptized into him. And so we know our lives aren't about us. It's about others. He's taking care of us. So this is what we do. We follow his will. And what's his will basically? Love others. Love him. So next time you see someone, I don't want you to think of, oh, what they look like or how much money they have or what they're doing with their life. Think of first, there's my brother. There's my sister. Next time you're facing trials or whatever you're going through right now, before you react, think first, who is your father? What kind of father is he? He's a loving Heavenly Father, who sent his son Jesus to make you part of his family forever, to give you eternal life. In his name, amen.